Today's episode is brought to you by RX Bar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com candy and enter promo code candy at checkout. Welcome to episode 256 of the Brain Candy Podcast. We are so happy to be here. How are you today? A little hot. And you know what? I was driving over here and I'm like, I'm going to wear pants because it's like not summer anymore and like no big deal. And as I was, and the last few days has been like 70s. As I'm driving over here, I'm listening to the weather report and they're like, it's going to be a scorcher. And I was like, (laughs) really? You got to do that, right? Did they really? About today? Yeah. Oh gosh. They were like 90s plus. What? Yeah. Oh my God! Well, good thing we have Diet Coke on the ice. Good thing. Cooling, getting ready for a long day of nonsense. Yup. How you doing, Sus? Real good, Sarah. Yeah. It's just Not great as to hot, be here. I'm super happy because they Hugo Boss has brought back Michael Jackson's Thriller suit from the white album, the oh white suit God, that he wore. Yes. Are you gonna get one? <laughs> what if I did? What if you did? You know what? I'm probably not. They've okay. only made, I think, a thousand. Oh, maybe that. Yeah, maybe but not. I mean, who, who, who's Hugo Boss? These? Oh, well, a man of style. I know that. Okay, this is not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> what if? Right. No, Hugo Boss designed that iconic white suit that yeah. Michael wore on the cover of Thriller. Okay, yes, Where he's like yes, loungy. yes, yes. Like hand in a pocket. Yes. Yes. And like when people think of Michael Jackson's style, they think of like the red yeah. leather. Yeah, shoulder pads kind of. The glove. Yeah. All the funky military stuff. Yeah. But we forget about that white suit. Yeah. Which was really special. Yeah. But the Hugo Boss one that they brought back, they, they made it a slimmer silhouette, but they kept the pleats. Oh, wow. What's your position on pleats for men's clothing? Oh, men's clothing, anti. Women's clothing, I'm pro. Really? Yeah, but only in high-waisted pants that are tailored right for women. Yeah, I'm pro. Like, I like pro I like that look. Pleat. I, uh, I'm pro pleat, but I also think it needs to have like a tie waist too if you're going to have the pleats mm-hmm. to kind of create more balance. I don't know. The suit looked really cute and I thought, well, okay. Oh, do you have a picture of it? Let me pull it up yeah, for let you. Let me see. Let me see that Because I thought, you know what? I could go for that. I mean, I know it I would c- take a special man. To pull it off. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I mean. Do you think, think a white man could do it? Mm, I'm going to have to see the suit. But you know what? It kind of reminds me of like the Miami Vice look, you know? Am I right with that? Am I picturing of of it? That this, like the uh, the shirt underneath, if it were a pastel. You can't see the legs in this one, but you can get the gist. Okay. He looks hot. But come on. That's just like a suit. (laughs) There's nothing that's, that it's not as, okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like it's just a white suit from the nineties. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about it. I know. But um, like we that that Hugo Boss probably mar- how much are they selling that for? One thousand one hundred. Oh, that's actually yeah, not bad. Right, that's what I thought. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like stupid Balenciaga's nine thousand dollar jacket. No I'm super mad about. Yeah, reasonable. Okay. That's okay. Then because it's a suit, so it's they're gonna be two pieces, right? Yeah. For that. So we're looking at about five hundred and fifty a piece, and that's yeah. well within you know, yeah, for like, it's not cuckoo. No, it's not crazy. Did you see how like I mean, you know I'm not those... spending that? No, come on, we're not fools. I'm not an idiot. Uh, <laughs> did you see how like you remember on uh, Cheers like those big blazers that yes Rebecca they are in would wear yes mm-hmm. they are back baby. they are super back. Are you into them? Yes, I'm into I'm it. I'm really into it. Yeah. I think you would look great in that, and also I love it in the bright colors. Like my idea for an outfit. Long bla- one of those boxy blazers in bright red, jean skirt, mm. short skirt, mm-hmm. and a leopard print tube top. Ooh. Like crop top. Hot sex in yep. there. Yep. With like sneakers. Like a cool pair of like 90s looking athletic sneakers. I'm into that. I think that would be super hot. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll work on it. Yep. 
You'd look great in that. There you go. What did you want to tell me that would make me angry? You said. Oh was- my gosh. Okay. So I've I've found a, some really interesting uh, studies about airplanes and behavior on planes and this that and the other. So I was reading one article on CNN. And I couldn't even believe the title. The title of this article said, One in 50 People Find Love on an Airplane, Studies Claim. Okay. So, excuse me. The Diet Coke. <laughs> she let it rip. A new study from the British bank HSBC suggested that one in 15 airplane passengers meet the love of their life on okay, board an aircraft. Okay, that's different. I thought you meant just love, not love of their life. Love of their life. So they interviewed over 8,000 people from 141 countries and did surveys of like 6,000 people from Hong Kong, the United Arab Emirates, the United States, and the United Kingdom. And it revealed that over... Uh, one of 50 of all those people interviewed were married to somebody that they met on an airplane. This is insane. Can you believe that? Nope. It says that the study revealed that over half of airplane passengers have struck up a conversation with this with the stranger on the plane. I will be in that other 50% that is asking you to please not do that. It said that it's not just romantic relationships that are born on you know, airplanes too, it suggests that one in seven flyers make a lasting friendship and 16% add a new business connection to their network. God. I haven't even met anyone I like on an airplane. I know. That's what I was saying. Let alone love of my life. But then it said that there's also that entire other group who are like, I hate all of this. I'm the opposite. And about 48% of surveyed passengers were freaked out if a fellow passenger removed their shoes. But see, I think I could would also be freaked out at the shoes and also not find love. And also, uh, 65% would be put off by a traveler who was rude to a flight attendant. Yeah, duh. And uh, they said 46% listed drinking too much as a complaint. Wait. 52 What are they complaining are, about? Are the ones who are drunk. What, they're, uh, yeah, really, what are they complaining about? They're complaining that other people are drinking too much? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely a part of that problem. <laughs> I see planes as like drunk yeah, zones. Me too. I'm like, bring it. Don't even stop. This. Seriously, keep it coming. I'm it's flying like, doesn't to count. England and oh, international where it's free. <laughs> well, I don't even know though. This flight is funky. You know how there's no Wi-Fi on it. Oh right, you had to pay for all I, that extra. I think I'm on a going on a time machine. I'm you not sure. Be. We're going to the past, but. They let you ahead of time say if you want like extras, and I already bought two bottles of champagne. (laughs) (laughs) It's an eleven-hour flight. I was like, "That's not too much." (laughs) Not at all. I don't even know if that's enough. Oh my god, that's great. Are they like the mini bottles or like regs? They are not. Get it, Suze. You were on vacation. I well, encourage it's not all like of this. that. It's more like self care because yeah, I'm like, going to see my in laws. Then you know what? Make it four. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Two are on me. What if Adam was like, "Thanks, Susan." I'm like, "No, no, no. Those are both for Those me." Those are for me. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Well, what's Adam going to drink?" <laughs> Luckily, he's practically a teetotaler. But mm. I mean, I'll share a tipple. Oh yeah. my! You know, one in fifty people find in love up there. That makes no sense, and I don't believe it. That's mm-hmm. not accurate. That's what the study sh- says. That is not an accurate study. It's just like HSBC. One in seven make a lasting friendship on the... I'm not talking to anyone on airplanes, and don't talk to me. What's the source? Uh, CNN. You're not happy. But I found this article when I was clicking on the article that says this is the dirtiest place at the airport. Ooh, and I was like, Ooh, Someone I just know. tweeted it to me. I cannot and stop thinking about it. how many times do you touch that thing? It's the bin. Yes. The security bin. The security bins have shown to be filthier than toilets. And in fact, they have, the bins have respiratory infection bacteria on them and toilets do not. So there are other, like you can get a respiratory infection from uh, the bin and whereas you will not get a respiratory infection. So you're you're exposed to a wider variety of illnesses with those trays. You know, people that do these studies always compare them to toilets. Yeah. But I'm starting to think toilets are super clean. I am too. I think we should be comparing it to phones. <laughs> right. Because everyone says they're dirtier than toilets. Yeah. Oh, but they are. I see so many people go into the bathroom with their phone. Oh, yeah. Wash their hands. I'm on that. Hold their phone. And I'm like, okay, that phone has so much 
do do? I mean, <laughs> come on. I know. I don't no, mind it if it's my funny. if it's my doo doo. Well, yeah, like that's no problemo. Yeah. But those security yeah. bins, that's all those jackasses in front of me in line. Oh my god, they're filthy. Ew. But here's the thing. So Everything. I was thinking about this, and I'm like, should we even care? Because like, is that you know you always hear those arguments that we are using so much hand sanitizer that it's making these you know viruses mutate and become stronger right, and right, right, all right. immune to all that yeah, stuff. Versa. So yeah, maybe we should just like say, you know, like, listen, I never get sick, knock on wood. And I was a nail biter who played in sandboxes. <laughs> and I'm dirty, gross, like disgusting. And I'm fine. So. Well, one thing that's definitely not dirty is my Quip toothbrush. Mm, there you go. And the reason is because they send you replacement heads. And I also think their heads are antimicrobial. Well, probably. Yeah, because it's that bristle st- material that is. Yeah, our Quip toothbrushes are so pretty. They mount to your mirror, but like they're super easy to take off. Wh- yeah, so you, you can like clean reposition your mirror. them. Yeah, and um, they are sleek and they're electric and they have vibrations that tell you when to switch sides. And everybody that comes over comments on how cute they are because, you know, it's gross, like in the bathroom. (gasps) Like, you know, and you think, what? But this is mounted, and I keep it far away from Mm -hmm. all the germs. No poop particles. No poop (laughs) particles. But I love it just because it feels like it does a really good job brushing my teeth and looks great. And um, that's why we love it. So they're also backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Well, if 20,000 say it's good. I know. What do you want, 20,001? Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash braincandy, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash braincandy. And then they send them, you know, refills whenever you need them. Yeah, man. And toothbrush, toothpaste, as soon as you are running low, you're like, hey, I need some new toothpaste. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And the next day it's like, Here's oh, your you mean this right here? Yeah, I forgot oh, we about got, that. We got you, boo. Okay, now what do we want to talk about? Hmm. What's on your mind? Did How you about see? Okay. okay, no, no. go. Did you hear about the teen burglar who woke up the people in the house and asked for their Wi-Fi? No, stop. <laughs> yeah. Was this person high? Probably. Probably. I think that there was trouble in the brain on that one. Okay. They uh the guy said he like pushed the kid down the hall and like <laughs> called the police, but like I just love it that he was just like, and he had done it to another couple. Wait, run me through this. How this goes down? This guy slit their screen, climbed in for real, like legit burglar style. He wore a black and white striped outfit. Stop <laughs> it! No, joking. okay, I was like, stop. He dressed like the hamburger too. What if he's and got a little sack with money, the, the little money sign on it, and they, and like a Zorro mask? Yeah. No, and he just wa- they woke up to him in their bedroom asking for the Wi-Fi password, oh, and he had come on earlier can, in the evening done it to another couple, and he was like, "I'm out of data." Are you serious? Yeah, this is like a joke. It's not. What is happening? Yeah. What is he thinking? Two knives were missing from their house, though, so I'm thinking he... It wasn't just about the Wi-Fi, but he just couldn't resist asking. And I just don't understand why, like, you'd be able to break and enter, you know, do, like, a break-in and and Mm -hmm. all that, but you couldn't just look under the router. (laughs) We all know where the Wi-Fi code is. <laughs> That's true. It is oftentimes. And they're old, so it's probably, they haven't changed it. <laughs> right. It's on a, if it's at my mom's house, it's on a post-it yeah, note. Somewhere. Somewhere in her dining room. She has to, like, look under the placemats right. for it when That's I go it. over. Oh, so he didn't take anything else? He just, like. Yeah, he was a minor, so we don't know his name. He's a messed up kid. This seems like some, there's something. Mm-hmm. Something else going on. He had stolen. He had stolen someone else's bike. He was just on a rampage that night. Yeah. Well, that's how it starts, though. So what well, bikes and stuff? Like, well, I'm just thinking back to uh, that book we read. Uh, you know, the Golden State Killer book, and those, you know, breaking and entering and doing weird stuff in there, and then that turned into murder. Yeah. Sometimes. So, sometimes it escalates. Yeah. It's often. Right. Weird. Speaking of 
theft. Yeah. Did you hear about the thousands of live spiders, scorpions, and other exotic insects that were stolen from the Philadelphia uh, Insectarium and Butterfly yeah. Pavilion? Can you believe it? No, I cannot. To tell everybody else, 7,000 individual creatures, including an entire colony of roaches, was sto- Colony? Stolen. Yeah, that's what it says. The hall was valued at over $40,000. And they're like, yo, our insurance won't even cover this. We, they don't even, they're but not even able to pay. did they tell me how it got out? Like, how, how did what? this breach? <laughs> well, so it was an inside job. <laughs> That's where it gets really interesting. Wait, it's just, they're stolen? Yes. I thought they just like No, crawled were, it was out. not an escape. They were stolen over a period of weeks too. So, and they found out, they looked at the, they looked at the tape and it was an employee who was stealing all of these bugs. And he's on the run? Well, they, I think they ended up catching him now. Um, there, there were a few of them, so I guess it wasn't just one. It was a couple people who worked there. It almost sounded like, um, like there was something like, I don't know, like they were taking the bugs. It almost sounds like vigilante bug kidnapping or something because here's what they did. It said several of the thieves left a calling card, their blue staff uniforms stuck to a wall with a pair of knives. What? Like somebody took the uniform, stabbed a butcher knife through it, and hung it on the wall with the knife. That's kind of sending a message. Of like, <laughs> kind of. F-, F you. I'll say. You know? So I don't the, understand I, the motive here. I don't either. The security camera caught a handful of employees carrying boxes of insects out over several days, beginning in, like, end of August. So is this a different story than how they're looking for 7,000 spiders? This is that story. Okay. Because... They've so they went to the people's ha- like the guy's house. So they're like, we definitely know it's this guy. We know it's this employee. They go to his house and they only found about a dozen insects there. <laughs> that means he's either released or sold. Most likely sold off. Like the exotic black market of uh, insect, the black market of exotic insect sales. I guess is alive and well. How is this a thing? Uh, pfft, what do they know. do with them? It says they're very easy to sell. The enthusiast enthusiast market is quite strong. Exotic pet shows and that kind of thing. There's no way to look. Uh, there's no way these they took these to be part of their personal collection. Oh my god! Like they, they either to me it sounds like they either stole them because they felt like the animals were not being. I don't know, treat like what? They're like freeing them, something right, like that. Right, right. Or they were like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of money for this, and they're selling them. Either way, what the heck? Stealing all those bugs? That is terrifying. Yeah. I I thought they were just on the loose, which was worse. They stole 80% of the museum's collection. Wow. That museum was doing a really shitty job of tracking these critters. What are you going to do? Put a geotag on them? Well, I'm just thinking like 80% of your collection goes missing and you just like all of a sudden realize. Well, yeah, but it was like hot by the employee who's supposed to like be babysitting the spiders at night and you know. (laughs) Did you hear about the museum that burnt down? Oh, in Brazil? Brazil? (gasps) Devastating. Just Devastating. devastating. Yeah. I mean, could you even imagine? No. No. It's terrible. Talk about those feelings of regret. Like think about how much you know when something's just really important to you or it's been been your body of work or you're, you've studied this? I would imagine that there are some people who are probably PhDs who they, their field of study is something in that museum and they really love it. And it's been – it would feel like – I mean, how do you even come back from that? That feeling of regret and sorrow and remorse and all that, whatever it is, yeah, is like – and wasn't it arson? I didn't know. I read the – they were saying that the lack of funding is what caused it. They weren't able to like put in place whatever oh, system no. it was that would prevent something like that. Oh no! And so all these antiquities and um, archaeological <sighs> things and like uh, dead languages. They they had um, records <sighs> of dead languages that were housed there and things. That gives me like chills all over. Just thinking of you know, and then Brazil where they have the um, what are they, untouched people. I'm sure there's a lot of the that. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, cultures, uh, antiquities yeah. and stuff that were lost. Right. That's devastating. Truly. I mean. Man, that's way worse than some They're bugs. trying to say, like, this is a reason to remember to support yes. your museum community, whatever. Because their work is so important, but oftentimes they don't have the funding they need. Especially, like, in the U.S. I was reading about, there are different cuts to, like, the New York museums. 
and how people don't realize what's at stake. Because it feels like high art yes, and it like does. kind of like a luxury, but it's not. Yeah, and could you imagine like that's really the only re- I mean historical records of a lot of things, right? And archives and things like that. Yeah. And what happens to a culture and to a civilization when you lose history? Yeah. It f- like allows a lot of other people to fill in the blanks of sometimes yeah, that's things that are not true. Scary. <gasps> oh God. I'll tell you about my body of work, though. Tell me. My beach body. Oh, Suze. <laughs> this is the program that I've been using, Beach Body on Demand, where um, it's like the Netflix of uh, exercise videos. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. Because whatever your pleasure, they have something for you. If you're into the three-week yoga retreat or the hip-hop abs, you would love that. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, I thought we talked about the Brazil butt lift. Oh, yes, we talked about that. <laughs> I love both of those, hip-hop um, abs and Brazil butt lift. They have the best programs. Whatever your fitness level, they have something for you, bodybuilding, cardio, weight training, whatever, and you just work out on your own schedule. I, I only do 10 minutes a day, and it doesn't require extra equipment, and that's why I love it because it's so convenient if I take it on the road, a hotel, wherever you are at home. I'm not going to a gym. That's for dang sure. Hmm. Um, and that's why I want you guys to try the service because it's so convenient and everybody deserves to feel good about themselves and feel strong. And right now our listeners get a special free trial membership when you text Brain Candy to 303030. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutrition information, and support totally free. Just text Brain Candy to 303030. Got it, Sarah? Got it. Good. I'm impressed with your notes over there. Oh, thanks. You know, I just felt like I was going to be better at writing things down that I read that were, that were interesting. And, you know, because most of the time I just read it and I'm like, what is? One thing I read recently that I wondered what your thoughts were was about, it was a video on The Atlantic and it was about teaching kids to share. Mm-hmm. And the um, video was very short if you watch it. Uh, you will enjoy it, but it was saying basically that asking kids to share is the wrong approach mm-hmm. and that it teaches kids to cling to their stuff and to be greedy, like in a defensive position. Yeah, I can, I can totally understand that. And that they don't have the same sense of time as adults. Yeah. And so like if you set a timer, right. then they that doesn't mean anything to them because the time's up and they're like, what? And so that if you make them voluntarily choose at their own pace, Mm -hmm. that that would teach them the rewards of generosity. And that really what we should be focusing on is teaching the other kid patience. Oh, my God. That's so good. Right. Yeah. And this video didn't say that, but I remember hearing Rosie O'Donnell talk one time about how, like, Adults don't really share. We're not like, here, take my car. Never. And I'll take a turn. Never. You know, it's your car. You right. you get to drive it. and But we all force our kids to share all the time. I'm thinking this reminds me of, it, it, like, it's so important to teach the intent behind it, not just the action. True. So I think that's it, where it gets broke, like, uh, where the breakdown mm-hmm. happens. It's like, yes, it's important to, to share, but you have to know why it is that you're sharing. Why is it that... It's that, you know, doesn't it feel good when, you know, whatever. You you just have to change the lesson. Like, I'm thinking, you know, what it reminds me of is how we always tell kids to hug this person. Oh, I am not into that. Me neither. Yeah. And it's more like we should be teaching them, hey, isn't this person a real nice friend of yours? Don't they, Doesn't it feel good to be around them? Yes. What do we do when, you know, we feel good and we want to share that with somebody else? We give them a hug. Do you think you want to give this person a hug? Yes. Okay, then you can hug them. Sometimes they want a high five. Yeah. And those gestures are just as normal. That's what you can say. What do we do when we really like somebody? And I want to give them a high five. Great. Give them a high five. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to know the intent, like... Asking questions. Like, we demand why, we a lot totally, of our kids. and they don't know why we're doing it. Like, I don't hug everybody. Me neither. You know what I mean? Like, it's we ask more of them than we even In ask fact, ourselves. In fact, I've decided I'm not a hugger. Oh. Like, I I don't like doing that. Yeah. I'm a handshaker. Okay. And, like, I, like if, I, if I'm good friends with you, but even, like, I just feel I'm not, I don't really like hugging that, you know? Right. I've only <laughs> recently begun, like, getting out of that habit. I recently like, learned a funny term called the thug hug. Oh, yeah. Do you know about the thug oh, hug? Oh, yeah. With the hands on the back and yeah. the, the pat and the... 
Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even down for a thug hug. You're I just, not. I, I just want, like, no, and it's especially, like, people's husbands. Like, I always, like, if I hug the wife, then there's this feeling of, like, do I have to hug the husband? And I don't even know him, and I don't really want to hug the husband. And like, at a social gathering? Yeah. And I really just want to shake his hand. And I want to shake most people's hands. Interesting. I'm, like, not a big... Because when I do it, I, I'm a all-or-nothing kind of gal. And if I'm going to give you a hug, then I'm giving you, like, a hug. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just make full-body contact with randos. I like Frenching. Kissing? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, like, what? <laughs> Like, on the like other people's husbands, they just like to French them. Well, I do have a friend whose husband is like a kisser, and we always kiss. On the like, lips? On the lips. You know this person. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So when he does it, yeah. are you okay with totally. it? Totally. Oh, okay. And so for some reason, but I have that relationship, and I like... Does he kiss everyone, though? Yeah. Or? And I would almost feel like if he didn't, I'd be like, well, what the heck? Where's my smooch? Where's my smooch? <laughs> All right. Well, so maybe it's relationship Yeah, specific. totally. And then I have friends who are like European and like I love a three. I love, I would rather do the three kiss, the cheek kiss, than like Italian style, than a hug. I can see why. Totally. It seems less intrusive. Yeah. You know what? Having no boobs and then boobs. Okay. There's, there's a weird... A thing. Like distance that they create, even though you think like, oh, my boobs are up against someone, it actually creates like a buffer. Yeah. Whereas when I didn't have boobs, it was like, you felt like your whole body well, was. That's how I feel. Yeah. My vagina is practically going to touch you at the same time as my boobs. Yes. <sighs> right. So maybe that has something I didn't even to realize do- that. That is totally true. They're much closer to my space because there are no boobs there. There's no buffer. <laughs> no buffer. Right. I mean, mm, what if they, third love made it so there's a little <laughs> bit of a buffer. What if you, padded kind. like, if if it were reversed, like, and your butt was going into them, you'd have a little bit more of the buffer. Because yeah. Because you have a, a yeah, I'm like fine curvy bum. In fact, when I accidentally bump into somebody with my butt, I don't care at That's all. That's it. That's it. It's like it's not a part of you. Not a something. part of me. It's, like, just big anyway. So it's all like, right. you know, they, there's that study that somebody did, uh... And it's since been replicated, I'm sure, where if uh, women, they call it a butt bump. And if two women are passing each other in an aisle at a store and their rear ends touch, then the likelihood, there's like something like an 80% likelihood that they're going to leave the store within like five minutes of that happening. So I have on many occasions touched butts and been fine staying just where I am and like been aware of it. I'm like, I just touch your butt. Really? And I'm not going anywhere. And <laughs> this makes You're me want to leave le- not at all. Interesting. So I'm definitely one throwing those numbers off. Well, that's that the thing though, is everybody has their own yeah. situation yeah. and what they're comfortable with. And this guy that I interviewed one time, Science Mike, he talks a lot about he he loves hugging, but he will never initiate it because a lot of people would feel that that's a violation of their uh-huh, space. Uh-huh. So he always says I'm ready to hug if you want to hug, but <laughs> I won't cute. ever try to hug yeah. you. And I never know like whether that. to go hands up or hands down. I like I just overthink it. Right. I think <laughs> it's way, a delicate dance. Yeah, I like I'm I'm already nervous about it going in, and they, it's obvious. <laughs> I just I'm I'm awkward. Th- I'm th- getting nervous thinking about it. What right if now. it's me? Where well, you... I know I'm going to hug you. I want to hug you all the time. Do you overthink that though? No, because I already know our jam and it's yeah. probably going to be like what's happening right now i'm, I'm trying to think of how i hug <laughs> you i'm you like go? if i go into a hug i think my we arms do this are, number we do like a one up and i i already know that my right arm is going to be on the top yeah and my left arm is going to be on the bottom yeah we got it all worked out we do mm-hmm. see we already know i already know no pressure and adam i can hug adam it's like not a thing because adam also i think he has the same kind of hug approach that i do where we're both a little awkward so we like both recognize that in each other and it's quick and it's just like a Tap, tap. Okay, we're good here. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm going to get a picture of you two. Yeah, hugging. you should. Because it looks very like, okay, we, we did, did that. We did it. We we're done. done. That's each other. It. It's fine. Crossed, crossed it off a little. We're good. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, because very quick. since Adam and I work from home, he's here more than like most partners would be. Right. So you're, go- you're around him a lot. Uh, more totally. than like maybe another husband. Yeah. That's funny. I'm glad you guys have sorted that out. We did. Um, we also but if Adam came in for a kiss, I would be like, whoa, whoa, buddy, not okay. That would be (laughs) real weird. 
But if he offered you an RX bar... I'd be like, I'm in. I'll take yeah, one. I will take one. I'll take... They are whole food protein bars that are so yummy. They called BS on protein bars because they were all full of artificial ingredients and they wanted to build a bar the right way. And so they're very transparent about their ingredients. And whether you like sweet, savory, chocolate, fruit, there's an RX bar for you. They come in 14 delicious flavor varieties, peanut butter and berries, chocolate sea salt. Oh, um, that's the best one. Chocolate sea salt. It's the perfect peanut amount of salt butter, on the top. Chocolate chip. Peanut whatever. butter chocolate's really good, too. Yeah, they have a lot of good flavors. Um, and... They, like they said, they don't have the artificial stuff in there. And so if it's breakfast on the go or a snack, I keep them in my car because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, pre or post-workout, just throw in your bag on an airplane. Whatever you're going to do, why don't you take one? And you can get 25% off your first order. Visit rxbar.com candy and enter promo code candy at checkout. That's a funny thing. That I was just thinking that. Candy. Right? It's like, like health of our, and then yeah. we're like, candy's the code. <laughs> it tastes kind of like candy, so there you go. 25% off your first order, rxbar.com slash candy and promo code candy at checkout. You know how we were talking a while back about how the CDC said that you gain, or like you're eating, consuming an extra like 3,500 calories a month from uh, eating at the office? Yes. Remember how we did that? Yes. Well, I brought an entire box of RX bars because I had one, and I was like, you know, I'm going to just be different. I'm going to leave these at school. People. They went bananas. Were bananas for it. And they so much so that a professor came into, like, at where I dropped I dropped him off in, like, our little communal area. He came into the workstation. He's like, who brought those? And I was like, oh, no. Am I, like, not supposed to bring that? He's like, I just want to say thank you for finally somebody bringing something healthy because I get really hungry in the afternoon, and there are always, like, donuts here, and I don't want to eat those. So it's about time that we – and I eat these at home, and just, like, thanks. And I was like, oh, that was me. Uh-huh. You yeah. got brownie points. Totally you got RX bar points. RX bar points. That's so Chocolate good. Chocolate peanut butter points. Did you see the meme or whatever of all the times Brad Pitt looked like his girlfriends and wives? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. But that's great. I'm definitely going to. Is he the chameleon boyfriend, you. huh? Apparently. Have a look. Yeah. He takes on the persona and the look of all oh, of his women. Oh, my God. He sure does. I mean, well, you know knew? what? This kind of tells me. This is what I think about Brad Pitt. I think he <laughs> probably struggles with identity issues. I think so. I think that it's which not would make a you a good actor. For, I, I was just you stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah. It's often something that actors find is that they try on many roles and many hats because they aren't sure which one they want to wear for themselves. We talked about Jim Carrey in the same way, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he's kind of a chameleon with the girlfriends he dates too. Yeah. You know? True. So I can definitely see that Brad Pitt is, yeah, he might be on that that journey for the rest of his life. Journey. You know? <laughs> right. Or maybe he just likes coordinating. He's Who are into we the to matchy. say? What if he, he was like, I love matchy pajamas on Christmas. <laughs> It's my favorite thing, which right. is secretly my favorite thing too. So I mean, it doesn't. It's not necessarily bad. It's kind of cute that he might because if it's subconscious and he's just really in love. Yeah, and I see that. But that 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 the longevity, how that plays out is, you start feeling like, who am I yeah. in a relationship? You lose and your own you identity. You lose your own identity. And you everybody needs to be like secure in who they are, you know. I want to thank Shannon, our brainiac, who submitted that idea. She was like, you guys have to talk yeah, about it. People like do that a lot where they're like, they don't even care about the issue. They just want to hear what we think <laughs> yeah. about it. What, who do you think he's going to date next? Do you think somebody young? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I don't want to think that. I don't either, but I feel like that's what it's going to be. Because he needs, I think he needs to be with. Well, you probably want to switch it up a little bit and be worshipped instead Although, of worshipping the I woman mean, he's with. What does he have? Like fifteen kids? Like a million. That's a lot. Yeah. But he doesn't really have custody, so maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Would you date him? Mm. Like, is he your kind of guy? Uh I mean, he's kind of everybody's kind of. I don't know if I would date him. You're crazy. I know. Nah, because he's too pretty. Like, I don't really like. But he's funny. That. Yeah, he's probably funny. 
I love how I we think of that. pretty as like a negative. Right. I'm like, mm, he's too pretty. You know, but like, he's funny. Right. He has a good personality. <laughs> That's like, why? That's crazy. That's totally true. I never even thought about that. It's more like he seems very unstable to me. And I'm kind of the more unstable one. So <laughs> I need a little bit of security and strength in my man. I feel like you'd be really into Dwayne Johnson. Me? Yeah. Are you into him? You seem like the type. No, he's a little too manicured for me. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he wouldn't, he would, he would, like, want a woman who's going to wear high heels all the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, he probably wouldn't be, like, okay with my really dirty Converse All-Stars that he I've would. had for He's five super years. down to earth. Maybe he would. We can talk about our friendship. I do not, I would like to state for the record, yeah. I want people to stop tagging me in Jeff Goldblum crap. Oh, continue to tag me in it. Just tag Sarah. It's my favorite thing that they do that. I. It's so funny. We we come on, I definitely wanted to talk about on, that on here, but in a very different way. <laughs> I wanted to thank everyone because <laughs> it makes me feel like one day he's going to be like, who is this Sarah Weiss? <laughs> why is she so interested in what I'm doing? Yeah, but to me, it's kind of like the Brad Pitt thing where people, I'm just a, a, your accessory. Mm. So there, I don't like Jeff Goldblum. He's I fine. Him. I love him. But I don't have a crush on him. You want to talk about Ken Dude. Olin Correct. or Patrick Fabian. Yeah. Then- I think they just know that I'm like, half in half out of the you know social media world so they like know that the information is going to get to me if they go through you like yeah, you're gonna yeah. i don't know probably bring it up on a podcast or something like where would they get that <laughs> like idea right now. <laughs> but it just makes me bonkers because i'm like i have no people don't even care what I, oh, I, get out. i'm serious no they love that they sarah yeah. hear me yeah okay I'll validate who you're saying. I, it sounds to me like... <laughs> what you're saying is yes. I've been enveloped into Sarah's identity and mm. I am my own oh, woman. I see. I mean, but Jeff Goldblum's fine. I know, he's great. And they probably tag you in a lot of, like, religious stuff. <laughs> I love that you can't even think of anything like, oh, that I'm is my think- own. They do tag me in Cheers things. Cheers stuff. Okay, I really great. appreciate that. Um, I almost tagged you in something something really funny, some political thing the other day, but I was like, somebody probably already tagged her. Yeah, next. there's a lot of that. Yeah, see? It okay. goes on. Nobody tags me. They tra- tag me when challenge stuff happens oh. and Jeff Goldblum. Well, that's, <laughs> that's it. Well, for the record, my interests include mm-hmm. Ken Olin mm-hmm. and the professor from Saved by the Bell. Okay. Okay. Got uh, that, everybody? But, like, for real... The employee at the thrift store who replaced all of the frames with pictures of Jeff Goldblum. Hilarious. The greatest thing ever. Yeah, why don't we do stuff like that? that uh, in fact, when, as I was reading that, I was like, why don't I have a framed picture of Jeff Goldblum in my house? Why don't I have a, a con- an, an actual shrine to him in my house? My friend I should. had a 8 by 10 picture of Go- John Goodman above her toilet. My mother-in-law has a framed picture of... Uh, Paula Dean in her kitchen. No. Yes. No. Yes. That is fantastic. Yes. Why? Because she says that they have the same beliefs on butter. No. Yes. I love my mother. Is it? Did you say framed? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. But it's a picture torn out of a magazine. Right. It's torn out of a magazine, framed it. Interesting. Your mom has Trump framed in like every picture in her house. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we all agree that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> we can agree that the polygene thing is a little... It's just quirky. It's quirky. it's an unusual choice. It is. But, wow. Good to know. Because I don't think she has any framed pictures of me. <laughs> now that you now think that about I it. think about it. That's really funny. I'm going to send her one of me dressed up as Paula Deen. No, I'm kidding. That would I don't want to dress as Paula Deen. Uh, did you... I read an article about the history of sneakers. Oh. Which was fun. I would really like to know about this. Okay, well, one of the things... I'm also in the market for some new ones, so... Are you? Tweet at me if you've got any. I like retro-looking old ones. Okay. Or really shiny, crisp white ones. Well, they began as... Thought of as... Okay, so people that played tennis wore them. Right. Tennis shoes. Because that... Yeah. Um, But then, uh, apart from that, it was pranksters... What? Muggers and burglars because they could sneak up. Sneakers! Yeah. Get 
out of town. That is the origin of that word. Yeah. They were okay. quiet so they could okay. do their naughty business. Okay. Unlike, you know, the normal footwear, which was loud and wooden tap, or whatever. Tap, tap. Yeah. And so that, it became associated with lower class, naughty, you know, pranksters wow. and things. Um, and then eventually was introduced with basketball because basketball was yeah. invented and they started using it for that purpose. And then when people started preparing for the wars in the early 20th century, then they were used for exercise in that way. And then... What did they first look like? They were super like like Converse, basic. like high top Converse that style where they're that's the basketball. Those were Chuck the, Taylors. Okay, yeah, Chuck Taylors. And they were named after him. He was a basketball player. But before oh, that, I didn't even know that. Yeah, damn, those shoes are cool as shit. Before him, though, and that they were low top, and they were kind of like. Not even like kids. They were oh, even really? more basic than that. Like, oh my god! Just you... rubber-soled shoes, yeah, kind of thing. Um, and then you know, of course, they were sporting equipment. But then there was a shift in like the '80s with breakdancing and stuff yeah. when they became a cultural expression. Yeah, and it was talking about the ways that people used their tennis shoes to, you know, for tribalism. Like where you, I'm in this group, and yep. you're in that group. Totally. Um, heck. Recently, with the Nike boycott, where people were burning their shoes, you can yep. still see the ways that um, I'm buying more. <laughs> that shoes are the, in this weird yep. conversation about politics, and it's strange because there's a problematic, and Nike has like the sweatshop problem. Oh my god, that's right. So it's this weird thing where like they've represented certain values for mm-hmm. different groups, mm-hmm. but it's mm. still. Consumerism. That's it's still a, point. a yeah. company that's just trying to make money. Yes, that's for sure. Um, so that was interesting. I will have to find out where that article was, and I will put it in the newsletter. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can go on thebraincandypodcast.com and sign up. And uh, we just send it out once a week with some of the links from the articles. I mean, when, and I would imagine that for a long time they were only men's tennis shoes. Well, that's a good point. Although women did play tennis, so yeah, I'm sure like they were. When, what they looked like, what that design, when you know, because if women weren't playing basketball, yeah, that's so true. Where did the women's sneaker kind of? I think that began when, like, you know, how the exercise yes industry yes was born. Uh, all the like jazzercise, Jane that. Bonda, yes. Even before then, in the seventies, I mean, women did jog yes. and things like that. But I, I would, that is really interesting. I would like to see that. Would be a really cool. Um, I'm like into sneakers, and that would be a really cool museum exhibit. Like a, a I think they have a museum of that. Would be really cool to go. To. I would really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, because you know you have the Air Jordans, and do you remember like the Reebok pumps? Yes, with the they pumps were inside. Very popular. Yeah. Yes. My mom would not let me get any of those kind of shoes growing up because she said they looked like moon boots. And instead, I was forced to wear Converse All-Stars. Well, they do look like moon boots. Yeah. She's not wrong. I know. And those new ones that they came out with that are like the throwback to the old ones that look like that, that look like they're straight out of Spice World movie. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Probably Balenciaga again. (laughs) I love how you have this axe to grind. I do. I hate them now. Trash fashion. <laughs> well, what's not trashy is the FabFitFun products that no, come that in that great. box. Um, they have oh, their. I bet there's a new one, fall yes, coming out, the right? The fall box. Yes. It is here with full size fashion, mm. beauty, home, fitness, and they wellness have products. Good scarves. For $49.99 a box. There's a six piece brush set in there They that everyone gets. Um, there's a tote. There's. Um, what else do they? Oh, sheet masks. The Glam Ooh, Glow. Those are, oh, which I want to try. Have you ever tried the Glam Glow mask? Everyone says they're amazing. Sue's. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Really works. Um, yeah. Or the, the brush set's not in all of them, but there's like a toad in some. There's the brush set in some, but then the Glam Glow masks are in all That's of them. so good. And so there's tea towels, shower gel, all this stuff. And it is valued at over 275 bucks. And if you sign up for FabFitFun today, you get your fall box, and the FabFitFun fall box is in limited supply, and they always sell out. 
Use our code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your first box. Go to fatfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 of stuff for only $39.99. Go to fatfitfun.com and use my code BRAINCANDY to get $10 off your first FatFitFun box. You know, I was thinking, I started writing in this uh, like five-minute journal and yeah. it says, it, like, you, you sign this little contract of, like, I'm going to write in this every day, whatever. And it says, if you do this five days in a row, you're, I'm going to reward myself with blank. And wouldn't it be nice to reward yourself with something like that where it's, like, rewarding yourself with self-care, with self-care? Like, work out for a week, and then, you know, I like to, like, set myself little goals. Like, yeah. If I work out for two weeks straight, mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself the FabFitFun box. That's nice. You know, like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing is, like, everyone has to figure out what's incentive to them. Yeah, incentivize your... Yeah. You know, so I've been writing in my journal. What have you been writing, dear diary? Oh, it's just... F- it's like a five-minute journal, so they'll have you say, like, you wake up in the morning and it'll ask three questions. It'll be, like, three things that would make today great, three things that I'm grateful for today, and then you write it in again, and it was, like, three things that, um, you know... Like reflecting on your day, three things that were great, three things that surprised me from today, and three things yeah. that you know just kind of makes you reflect and be live in the moment. Live in the moment. It's like five minutes, real quick. Shout that's out to nice. my friend Sarah who gave that to me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You don't see it as like homework. No, because uh, I think it felt like that in the beginning, but once something becomes a habit, it's like nice to wake up in the morning and you know sometimes I forget, but I try to be real gentle with myself about you know like it's okay, it's just. Fine, and sometimes I'll be like lying in bed and remember, oh, I gotta write in it, and I'll like run downstairs and write something I'm grateful for. And that's so just, nice. You know, I hear that's good to do. I know that's what they say. That's what they say. So I'm trying to like just you know sprinkle in some magic wherever I can. Oh my god, that's good because you make everyone else's lives magical. Oh, might as my well goodness. like you know, throw it back a bit. Yeah, might as well. Uh, you know what's not so magical? Hmm. How Italy is banning eating on the streets. Okay. For real. The whole country. No, Florence. What about ice cream? Gelato. That, uh, that's especially what they're banning. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. So Florence is banning eating of any kind and like stopping, especially stopping and eating in front of any historic site. Wow. So there's a there's a, a main intersection of about, it's like right by the Uffizi Gallery and like a, a square block of probably like probably like eight city blocks where you can't just be loitering outside and eating and you can't like hang out with your ice cream in front of then this isn't anything new in 2017 trevi fountain and the spanish steps they banned eating on those too wow because there were too many tourists they were spilling everywhere and some people are like yeah that's great it'll keep the streets cleaner but italians are like uh why don't you just throw some trash cans out there and like <laughs> some benches. Uh, yeah, this kind of seems like a Italian b- government being lazy again. Yeah. And so Italians are not like the the people are not too happy. No, I'm with not this. into that. Yeah. And I was talking to Landon about it. And he's like, well, what about? Or was I talking to you? About no. This? No, I was talking to Landon about it. And he's like, well, what about all the the merchants? Like, what about the people who own the stand? Yeah. And they're that's not fair. And what if like you're like the one little ice cream guy, and now like that was your whole livelihood? Yeah. It sounds like they can just like. Uh, you know, co- make everything like a corporate, like, you know. Yeah. I'm not into government oversight when there's a solution that, you know, could. Or how about France? Do you hear what they do in Paris Mm-mm. with the urinals outside? What? Oh, my God. I can't believe you didn't hear this. Okay. So this is a dumb idea if I've ever heard one. So apparently in Paris, they're having a big problem with public urination. And uh, it's really only a problem with one gender. I'll let you, I'll give you <laughs> two guesses. <laughs> right. The but first you only one need one. Right. Uh, and so their solution was to create these urinals that are in public spaces that look kind of like flower pots, like big flower pots. They're red. They have flowers that grow out of the top and they have holes, like a slit in it, where you're supposed to just stick your weenie in and go to the bathroom. No. Yes. I don't know. I don't know about this. And that's that's the... And they're like, well, this is disgusting. That really is. Right? So they're thinking that that's going to just stop people from... You know, the kind of people who are urinating in public at the, in the streets like that are probably intoxicated. And you think 
when you're that dr- drunk enough to whip it out in the middle of a square and go to the bathroom that you're going to have like the no 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 you're not you're not going to be like oh wait let me look for the red planter <laughs> and like they really do have like a slit in the side where that you're supposed to like Dunkelson. put your junk come on how long do you see this these things lasting i mean and also how, what's in it? it i i my my brain asks so many questions like is there a drain? Is it just like freestanding? Is there? Did they take out all the water fountains and use the same plumbing? How did they? Pl- how did they? What are they doing? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, it makes you realize that all countries are nuts, not just ours. Not all of them. They're, everybody's thinking like. And then you know, you always say like, um, you know, I I've heard you say this a few times. Like that's what happens when, like when things exist inside of a vacuum or like when you're, when, you know, you don't have any outside influence and you just become fixated. Like yeah. your job is, you know, to keep the streets clean, but you, you get so set on that. You don't take a big step back and go, wait a sec. What's the, what, what are we really doing here? Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. group think syndrome. Group think. Thank you. That is the exact thing that I was trying to yeah. get out. That is, that is what you say. And that's even what you see with like celebrities where like nobody wants to be the one to be like, yeah, the emperor's not actually wearing clothes. Yeah. It you gets me like, mm, yeah. And so it's so good to, you know, make sure you have those <laughs> yeah. voices. That's crazy. Really? Because be like, it's hard to believe mm, that even idea. happens though, because like on TV shows, it's the opposite. We're like, you, you know, the writers are just trying to make something funny and then the network will come in and be like, yeah, but why is she on a bike? And they'll ask all these uh-huh. questions and you're like, just let me do my job or right. whatever it is. Right, that's and a good point. You, then when something does get put out, you think, how did that get on there? Right. Like there was, I forget there was a movie we were talking about. I think it was a kid's movie and we were just thinking, how did that make it through how all the red tape? Made? Right. When you know how many things get cut mm-hmm. or like Roseanne gets canceled or whatever. We did just talk about a movie like this. We're like, how is this a premise for a movie? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what Me it was. either. We talk about a lot of stuff. I know. And see, that's the problem. If we hang out outside of the podcast and we're not recording, we're like, what did we even talk about mm-hmm. in, and where? Yeah. I never know whether it Me was neither. private or whether... I just assume everything we say to each other well, is... Well, there's no uh, difference. N- none. None <laughs> So it's, it's really just same. filling you listeners in. <laughs> yeah, you just have to sit there and deal with it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I read an article about portraiture. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. And it was talking about um, kind of like how it began and all this stuff. But in the article, there was a an image of a guy. Let me try to pull it up while I talk. Yeah. Who basically took the first photographic portrait mm-hmm. of himself. So selfie, kind of, but like, you know, it wasn't like he was holding well, the camera. Well, not be. He had so, to like pose and yeah. then click the thing with the flash. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I want to know if you think this guy. I hope I can find it quick. Oh wait, mm-hmm. if he, if you think he looks like someone that we know. Oh my gosh, I love and this. And he's super hot. Super hot. Okay. And you think, oh my God, I th- his name was Robert Cornelius, and. He was working with pictures and film and all that stuff, and he made this picture, and he looks so moody and dreamy in it. Hold Ooh, on. moody and... Here we go. Okay. Oh, you know what? It does look familiar. You know who I think it looks like? Hmm. It looks a little bit like Devin from The Challenge. That's Is that right. who you're going to say? Yeah. <gasps> yes. So glad we guessed the same, perp- same person. It's weird. It totally is that kind of look. Like handsome, but not yeah. like Brad Pitt handsome. Uh huh. Like, like I want yep. to be your wife. Totally. <laughs> yep. Approachable. Mysterious. <laughs> you know, wouldn't care if you wore high heels or flats. <laughs> For sure. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. It's probably a wonderful hug. I can't believe you got it, but it's because it looks just like it does. It. And, I, I, and I got that. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm so glad that's the one you uh, were thinking. Yeah, um, they were. There were some other things in the article that was talking about um, Sojourner Truth. Do you know her, the um, ex-slave who like what became an yeah. abolitionist and yeah. stuff? And she, there was a pic, a portrait of her done, and then she would sell it, you know, at her events and stuff, and she said, I sell the shadow to support the substance. 
Ooh. And I oh, love that line gosh. because so have I. <laughs> I I do the same thing, Sojourner. Huh. And so interesting. That was almost like the first headshot that she was like printing out her picture. And I would yeah. imagine like getting I mean, it was it her whole body. Whole body. Okay, but, you know. Yeah. Body shot. Um, but yeah, that was. And I just thought I like that idea that. Sometimes you have to sell the shadow to support something bigger, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes I feel like that. I don't always love talking about like reality TV or the challenge. Yeah. Um, I wish sometimes I could put it behind me. Uh-huh. But then I think, well, so join her truth with selling her freaking headshots. <laughs> there you go. So what huh. now? I don't know. What do you think? Where is that photo now? Of Sojourner Truth? Or the guy. Oh, good question. It's probably in a museum, but like they just, it was in the article I read. That's how I saw it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But whatevs. That's my uh, portraiture story. I just really wanted to think, see if you thought it looked like Devin. It sure does. Hold on. Took long enough. Hi, we're back. I had to push pause for a second. Yeah. We're back and we're in business. (laughs) Uh, What did I want to cover before we go? What? Um... Laura Edgar sent in... Oh, I like her. I like her, too. And she sent in a thing for us to talk about, about the history of the game Hangman. Oh, my gosh. Did you read it? No, but I'm, I would love this. Also, violent. <laughs> right. Kind of morbid. Yeah. A weird and like, game. If this was out during... I mean, okay, maybe I should just sit back and let people tell me things rather than trying to... Yes, with the answer. You're always doing too much work. Do, way too much work. Uh, okay, so basically, you know, everyone knows the game Hangman. We play with our kids, but it was talking about or kids or adults or by ourselves or whatever. <laughs> if you're Sarah, you just play for no reason. Um, but it talked about how back in the day, you know, like I guess the 1800s. Um, no, it had no. It had to be earlier. I don't know what year. Criminals were forced to play a game called Right of Words and Life. And it was basically set up like Wheel of Fortune. Oh, my God. And any time they were standing on like a table or whatever mm-hmm. thing with, that had five legs on it, and any time they got an incorrect letter, like if there was no S's, they knocked off one <gasps> oh of the legs. Oh, my God. And they obviously had a noose of, around their neck. And um, so then if they got all five they're dead or even three yeah like most of them yeah then they were a hangman and the work so on one hand they didn't really have a jury system or anything Mm -hmm. so this was like their only chance at maybe getting out of this death this seems but on the other hand most of them were illiterate yeah that's what i'm saying this seems to favor one specific group as not much has changed. Right? It's like what we do now. It's exact, right? It's like, oh, you can afford to have the education to know the answer to these questions? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, then you get to live. Yep. Oh, you you don't get you don't know the answer to those questions? Yeah. Oh, well, then you die. Right? Or you go to jail for life. It's crazy. Dude. It's kind of a weird wonder I don't know why they started doing that. That's un, not described it in the article. It seems like a kind of like a just sort of, hey, let's give an advantage mm-hmm, to the wealthy. Mm-hmm. That's like the wealthy you know, murderers. Or what did they do? Like the Jim Crow laws, where they're like, okay, we well, have to count the number of soap bubbles, like bubbles on a bar of soap, and that's impo- They pop, and they can't, it's impossible to do. It's like a exercise in futility. It's like yeah. you can't actually do that. You're definitely not going to pass. For some reason, in the article, it also mentioned like some of the hardest words to guess. What? Basically, I like, know the hardest word in all time for hangman. Okay. First, say I feel like I should I say mine first. One, two, three. Zucchini. Jazz. Oh. <laughs> Zucchini. That's hilarious. But you're on the right track because it's the Z and no and the double C's and the t- mm. nobody you ha- and it's limited letters. So Z U C C H I N. There are only a few letters, so you can go through almost all the other ones, and they're vowels that aren't. That's a good point. They, there's no A. There's no E. Mm-hmm. There's no O. Well, jazz and other such words that end in Z are hard because... Oh, jazz. Is that what you said? Yeah. If you, even if you got the A, you're probably not going to guess J. Yep. And you're definitely not going to say nope. Z. Oh, so man. that would be hard. Yes. And any word... But you had the right idea because zucchini starts with the Z. Mm-hmm. It's always my go-to. So, oh, you're an asshole about gaming. 
well, you know, you play to win. Doggy dog world out there. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel like bad about playing Hangman now. Yeah, we should have thought of this. We should definitely rebrand that game. (laughs) We should just play Wheel of Fortune. Or it should be like, I don't know, it's like something cuter, like a flower with petals, and like you just like color out the petals. Good point. And then it's like, "Mm, flower's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like way better than like, "Mm, snapped your neck. Right, it is a strange thing when something like that just carries on. Yeah, that we turned a way to execute people into a fun family board game that we can all gather <laughs> around the table and play together. Waiting for you in the hospital to find out the results of your test? Play this game. Right about death yeah. and destruction. <laughs> right. All right, well, on that note, we'll yeah, see you next see time. Ya. Bye, everyone.